0: it says for if any man is a hearer of the word and not a doer is like a man that beholds his natural face in a mirror for he beholds himself and goes away and straightway forget what manner of man he was but whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein he being not a forgetful hearer but the doer of the work this man shall be blessed in his deed Mm -hmm. isn't that beautiful you know that, that is James 2 from verse 20 well, sorry, James 1 from verse 20 today I'm going to talk about the law um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to start a series on the law and the, what the law is all about because when we look at the Bible we can, like in that video see the wrong picture of who you are you can see yourself as guilty you can see yourself as not a good mom not a good father not involved enough uh, your past can, can haunt you and you know the best place to be in uh, in life is to be fully honest with yourself. You know, God works in us, and our our belief brings forth um, emotions and feelings in us. And when we feel those emotions and those feelings, it doesn't help we ignore them, like under the word of faith. You know, when you when you when you had a wrong feeling, you would just say, "Oh my goodness," you know, um, "I don't care about this." And no, th- that feeling is showing you a belief that's in your heart and uh, you don't have to identify the wrong belief but the best thing to do is to know that there's more of the good news that I can understand and apply in my life and uh, the best place to be is to be a place where you're 100% honest with yourself that's the best place in my life um, if I feel there's things that bother me I speak to God I say God this thing bothers me I don't feel peace, I don't feel joy, I feel fear, Uh, thank you that you revealed to me and I've got an expectation in my heart for him to show me the right scripture to bring the right person over my path or just in a dream, a vision or something, in some way work in my heart Uh, strengthen my belief that I find the fullness of God manifesting in every area of my life, now when we read the Bible uh, I mean most of this Bible is I mean, most of the pages contains the Old Testament. Contains the law system. And if we don't... Um, or Let me put it this way. If you read the Bible, you're going to be confronted with hundreds of pages of stuff that's difficult to understand. Stuff that can condemn you. Uh, that can bring uh, difficulty to your mind. As well, um, many of your friends that you want to share the good news with is going to use those other verses to try and explain to you you know why they believe what they believe that's why I thought it is important for me to have a series on the fulfillment of the law where we're just going to almost from a technical point of view line upon line scripture upon scripture look at the law Uh, look what the law is Uh, there are verses in the Bible that says faith fulfills the law that is in Romans 3 the last verse of the chapter faith fulfills the law or faith establishes even worse faith establishes the law now that just I mean no person want to hear that that's in a grace church but it's in Romans 3 you know so we need to deal with that what about the verses that says heaven and earth will not pass away or I mean it, it, it's written in Luke 16 that uh, it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one point or one comma of the law to ever pass away I mean Jesus said it himself what about the places in the Bible where Paul quotes from the law you know where he says uh, stuff like children honor your parents because it's the only um you know, a promise or, or there's the only commandment with promise, quoting from the Ten Commandments. Uh, so we need to look at those things so that we can have clarity of mind and peace in heart. I'm not gonna be able to answer all those things in this session, uh, but we will do as much as possible. Okay, right, let's let's get into it. When we read the law, just an introduction and, and we look at the law it is not as simplistic as just to think there was the law and now there's grace there are different laws we get the law that existed before the Ten Commandments uh, we get the law that was written on the heart of the Gentiles Okay. we, get, we, we know that death reigned from Adam to Moses Okay, and that there were certain rules and regulations and laws we get a law that was basically the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden of Eden and then we come and we get what is called the law of Moses and then we get the law of life in Christ Jesus so there are so many different laws and what I find where confusion comes in is if we want to so if we think wherever it's written law we think it's referring to the Ten Commandments you know we can never do that you'll be in such trouble the other day I heard a preacher um, and, he, and, and uh, whom I respect you know and, and he said you know, I'm shocked when they say these things he said listen man God is gonna God gave us grace because when we believe then we can live up to the standard of the law we can live a holy life we can live up to the standard of the law now that sounds very good you can even get a scripture they don't have to twist that much to get that out of it you know uh, it's kind of close but it's not true because the verse in Hebrews 8 where it says God will write God says he will write his law on our hearts you know um is used thinking that it points back to Egypt when he led them out and then he gave them the law but the difference now is it's not on stones anymore it's now in the heart and then what we traditionally thought was now we will want to do good you know because we are in grace now we or now that we are Christians the law is on our hearts now we will want to do good now that is not the truth um and, and, and I know maybe some of you might say, but this is confusing me, but let me explain. The Bible says in Romans 7, when Paul was under the law, he said, when he was under the law, the good that I wanted to do, I could not do. And the bad that I didn't want to do, that I did. Meaning, that when he was under the law, he wanted to do good. So if we say now that we are under grace, now we don't want to do bad anymore, we want to do good, it cannot be true because there are people out in the world that doesn't even believe in Jesus and they want to do, they want to be good to their to their family, they want to be good to their children, they want to be good to people. Nobody wants to be remembered for the bad person he was. They want to be remembered for the good person. Uh, I mean, um, even even in in. Uh, you know last night we watched this movie but even w- within a sick system like gangsters you know you find the one wants to be remembered as a hero that was good he protected his buddies against the other gang you, inside us we want to there's, there's a thing inside a human he wants to do good but we cannot say that now that we are under grace we are under the place where now we want to do good we've always wanted to do good, do good but we could never be good because we've tried to obey a system by which we had to be good by our own power now when christianity or when jesus came what he brought forth was not um, the power to live up to the standard of the law what he brought forth in you is himself that's what, that's what the whole New Testament is all about. It's all about God giving birth to God in you. Amen. That's what it's about. And then against this God that's born in you, there is no law. There's a big difference than empowering somebody who never had the power to live up to a certain, a certain standard and a person that was recreated and now you find that his nature, against that, against that there is no law it's a big difference Um, I am not trying to fulfill the Muslim law today I am not I'm not even thinking of the Muslim law but if you look at my life you will find obviously not in every area because I'm not a Muslim, I don't believe in their way of praying and that. But let's talk about conduct, you know, uh, in this life when it comes to a, a good moral standard. If I get measured to the Muslim law, you will not find that the law has got a lot against me. But I'm not trying to obey that law, I'm not even empowered to live that law. I've got nothing to do with that law. Someone is born in me and that is what this whole thing is about so let us start off and we're just going to look at some of the attributes um, or the shortcomings of the law so we're going to talk and see if I can touch on the fulfillment of the law one of the things when you are under the law is that you will never taste perfection never you can never taste perfection under the law Hebrews 7 verse 11 says the following If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood for under it the people received the law what further need was there that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek and not after the order of Aaron for the priesthood being changed there is made of necessity a change of law so it says here that if if perfection could come by the law there would be no need for Jesus what that means is that the law was never given to us for the purpose of making us holy or even changing any of our conduct that was not the purpose of the law the purpose could not make you the law could not make you perfect in any area of your life nowhere and that we need to know so if you want to have a life where you will always be striving for more where you will always feel I have not make I'm not making it, then live under the Levitical priesthood where the law was given. Okay. When God gave the law to Moses, the purpose of that law was twofold. Number one, to multiply sin. And we're gonna look at that verse now. To multiply sin. And number two, it was written unto Jesus it was written unto Jesus now let me explain that when Jesus read the Bible when, or the Old Testament and when God wrote that law he wrote all the sacrifices and all those things he wrote down and he only had one thing in mind Jesus Jesus no didn't have you in mind concerning obeying those commands. David says in so many places, uh, the, 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 the prophets say that God hates these sacrifices. He hates the death of animals. He doesn't like that. He doesn't want those sacrifices. He hates it. But it speaks of Jesus Okay, so the whole Old Testament Now this is going to be a shocking thing for you The whole Old Testament's main purpose It was a letter from the Father written unto Jesus So that Jesus would know how to be the perfect sacrifice for the sin of mankind It was never written for you to obey Never Never The law was never even written for the Jews to obey. God knew from the beginning it was impossible for a human being to obey that law. It was impossible. He knew that when He gave the law that man would obey that law from a fleshly perspective. In other words, human effort. And human effort connected to what you need to do to have eternal life equals death because you will never be able to for what it shows is that you don't have life in you that's what the law does it points out to you that outside of having life as a free gift you have no life outside of having the only life that there is which is his life you have no life In in, in the next sessions we're going to talk about the origin of the law and where it really comes from I just want to take it on a surface level today and try and explain this so when we take the law and we look at the law from a fleshly perspective, it says honor your father and your mother, love the Lord your God, don't lust after things, and you look at all of that and you interpret it in a fleshly manner, fleshly meaning, I'm going to use my flesh, my ability to obey that law the Bible calls that the ministration of death so, when Jesus read the, the law, He didn't read the law, I believe, to obey the commandments in the sense of, um, you know, honor your father and your mother and all those kind of things. Although I believe He did it. What He read was, what kind of a sacrifice is He? And to Him, the law was a command saying, Should you want, or the law was this, the only way for man to ever be innocent before God and be restored unto the level of God would be for mankind to die. That was what the law said. And then the law explained unto Jesus that this death can take place from the platform of representation. Meaning that one can represent or. So when Jesus read the old, he read and he said, oh yeah, you know, uh, th- this one can represent all, this one can, uh, if, if a sacrifice is given, sin is taken away. And then one day, we're going to read it, he got a revelation and he said, my goodness, this is written about me. It's not written about a lamb. It's not written about a scapegoat. It's not written. It's not about turtle doves. It's not about a temple. It's not about the, any temple at all. It's not about a special land. It's not about a special people like the Jews. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with that. It's actually written, spiritually interpreted, this, which is the only correct interpretation of the Old Testament, is the spirit interpretation for the letter kills if you read the Old Testament literally it will kill you but if you interpret it spiritually pointing to Christ and what he does it will give you life depends on what law you read now the Jews came and they were circumcised in the flesh the law was given to them and they never interpreted it spiritually they only interpreted in, on face value what I need to do today that kills them I want to even tell you today, if you take the New Testament, the law of life in Christ Jesus, and you read it on face value, and you don't look at it from a spiritual perspective, that very thing that Christ has done for you will kill you. And I want to explain that. You know, if I come to you today and I say to you, Jesus paid for your sins, you know, and I'm I'm going to use a very practical example that is in church all the time. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faithfulness. Okay, So when you look at all of of that fruit, that is the fruit of being in the Spirit. So now, if I just read it like that, I say, well, if I want to be in the Spirit, I need to obey all these fruits, do these fruits. You know what's going to happen to you? You're going to experience the same death as what Adam and Eve experienced when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden trying to bear the fruit of the Spirit another example you can go to John 15 where Jesus said you know um, this is the will of my Father that you bear much fruit now you can say oh my goodness you see it is the will of the Father that you bear much fruit so now I need to start to bear fruit you are not reading the Spirit you are reading the things on face value you are reading it uh, literally literally Now I want to, you know when I say literally, you can read it literally if you see the context, but the context is spirit. That's a true context. So John 15, Jesus said, I want you to bear much fruit. This is the will of my Father. And because it's the will of my Father that you bear much fruit, this is what you need to do. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. Then he goes on and, and John another place, he says, he who believes in me abides in me and I in him. So what is the will of the Father? That you believe in Him and He wants you to bear much fruit. Therefore, He says, I'll tap you into Me and because you can of yourself do nothing, if you just read on in John 15, then He says, I will bear the fruit in you. Okay, so I can use that verse, not read it from a spirit perspective, but from a fleshly perspective, fleshly perspective is this whenever you read a verse and the question arises in your mind what must I then do? then you know from there on you're starting now with laws and death the only command in the New Testament is to believe in what he has done that is the only not that he will do something in what he has done know the Bible says in Mark uh, and I started out in the Greek it says whatsoever you ask the Father and you believe that you receive you will have the Greek doesn't say whatsoever you ask the Father or whatsoever you ask in prayer believing that you receive you shall have it the Greek says whatsoever you ask and you believe that you have received it come on man amen it's in the past tense when you ask and you believe believe means your mind is at rest at the fact that you already possess this you will see it manifest in your life so we don't ask for something to happen to us the gospel is the revelation of what happened to every person in the finished work of Jesus And we declare it in such a way that they can believe that they now have received it because of Jesus. And the belief that we have received it in Christ. We have received righteousness as a free gift. We have received a seat in the Godhead because of Christ. We have received innocence. We have. We have. If we preach it in a way and we read it in a way that we can be persuaded that there's no buts about this thing. But it is true and our minds can rest in that truth based on representation and Christ, we will find that we do have it. Amen. That is the way. It's not a, I hate this thing of a potential righteousness. There's no such a thing as a potential righteousness. There is only one righteousness and it is His righteousness is mine Okay, so when we when we look at the the fulfillment of the law first first let's read one or two other verses here Uh, I said the first thing I said is when you're under the law you will never taste perfection Okay, you'll never taste perfection so the writer of the book of Hebrews says I want you what he actually says is I want you to have perfection but under the law you'll never have it under grace it is offered for free perfection (laughs) perfect it's not a place that you need to go to one day that you can become perfect one day no no that is the point of departure we start with a message of you are perfected in Christ that's where you start because the way we function the way God made man is that whatsoever he believes that he will have that's how we function we've got this ability called belief persuasion that when something is in the spirit and we are persuaded of it it manifests in our life it gets animated here through belief Okay, that is the ability so if God wants perfection in your life what message do you need to have in order to see perfection you need to have a message that you perfect, otherwise you can never see perfection you, you will have to have a message that you are healed, because you can, if you believe I shall be healed, you will always be in the place of I shall be healed exactly. meaning you never healed if you are in a place that says I shall become righteous, you know where you will forever be in a place where you will experience I, I, I shall become righteous but if you can hear a message that says you have been perfected and you can be persuaded of it what will happen? truth will manifest truth will manifest that's the only truth hallelujah hallelujah And I tell you, the more I discover these things, the more I realize that the the, the writer of the book of Hebrews only had one thing in mind for us, and that is perfection, as a gift. You know, the Bible says that Abraham received from God by promise. God promised him. He believed God and received. It says in the very same way, when it's under the law, it is of works and not of promise anymore but God gave us holiness by promise holiness is not a command righteousness is not a command I even want to go so far and say love is not even a command it is a promise the fruit of the spirit is a promise God promises you that but what did Abraham do when God promised him he says well God I believe it is so if you say you promise me this and you'll give it to me, I know you give it to me. Amen. That's it. And then he went on in his life and he saw that he, it was, he wasn't able to make a child. He was too old. His wife was too old. But the Bible says he didn't stagger looking at the inability that he had. And that's where we fall. We look back at the law. We look at our inability. God says you are holy. We look at our life. We see we're not holy and then there we fall instead of the Bible says we inherit the promises through faith and patience Come on. so I believe I'm righteous and I'm quite patient you know the manifestation of it is not by my copying God the Bible says this is how you will be holy by resurrection God will resurrect the holiness in your life Come on, man. That is what He intended for all of us. So, when we are under the law, you will never experience perfection. When you're under the law, the Bible clearly says it is called the ministration of death. Let me read it, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 4. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiencies of God. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 6 Who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament Not of the letter, but of the Spirit Remember what I explained to you about letter and spirit? For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life But if the ministration of death Written and engraved on stones was glorious So the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses For the glory of its countenance Which glory is to be done away? How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Now, let me explain this. He says, Here's the Old Testament. When you're under the Old Testament and you read the Old Testament not from a spirit perspective, okay, let me explain spirit. You interpret it spiritually, okay? Meaning certain types and shadows mean certain things that points to Christ, which promised us his Holy Spirit as a free gift. Okay? If we don't interpret from that perspective, but we just see it, as I've explained, on the literal value of it, it will kill you. I don't know how to say it louder. It will utterly destroy you. It will rob you from all peace. It will rob you from uh, uh, everything God ever intended for you. We need to make a mind shift in the New Testament church that this Old Testament is not for literal interpretation you cannot and one of the sessions here I'm going to explain the Ten Commandments and how to interpret the Ten Commandments in the finished work of Jesus you know when, when we look at the Old Testament you need to see Jesus if you don't see Jesus you are in trouble so when we and, and, and the pastors watching me via the internet when you teach from the Old Testament I don't care if you use Proverbs I don't care if you use the Psalms, if it doesn't point to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to Him and what He has done and how He relates to mankind, you are wasting your people. You are killing your people, you are destroying your own life. And let us not not fret at people in the church not always bearing fruit. Let God bear fruit in them Our God is not barren Neither is our people Amen Glory to God We go on as if God has got no seed We are more more sure of our teenagers That will fall pregnant than what we think God can bear His fruit in us If God promised it so Finished and He promised you His life the Bible says by these precious promises in 2 Peter by these precious promises you shall be made partakers of the divine nature how will we be made partakers of the divine nature not by saying Jesus paid for my sins I've got a brand new beginning now I'm going to read the Bible to see what I need to do that is the beginning of the end of you Yes. No, no. When we say, Jesus Christ paid for all my sins, what do we say? We say, every barrier and every form of distance was forever removed between me and God. And I am standing in, in Christ, in the Godhead. That is where I start. I start from the mindset of, I have been perfected by the blood of Jesus that's where I start I've got no reasoning outside of that I've got no reasoning concerning other people outside of this truth we know that should we not be persuaded of this and believe in something else what we believe in will manifest in our lives should you not embrace the truth and embrace the lie the lie will live in you and that life is called death so I'm not saying, you know, that everybody saved. What I'm saying is that God made something true about every man. And we are a kind of a being that is like God. When we believe in it, we find the life manifest in us. So here we've got that seat. He has given it to us. A place of perfection is the point from where I start my life. I don't strive for perfection. I know Paul said he strives for perfection and then we can interpret that scripture so completely wrong what he was talking about the perfection there was an immortal body in the return of Christ that's what he was talking about okay so we don't start with the New Testament hallelujah thank you Jesus for the good news and now I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do all the commands of the old that is the end of you the ministration of death remains the ministration of death it still exists the fact that it is fulfilled doesn't mean it doesn't exist the ministration of death written on stones is a belief that I look at a law and then I do by my power obey that law unto blessing or unto life that's called the law of sin and death that law still exists today even if it is fulfilled let me explain it to you I can still if I go and look in my old Files. I can still find a contract that I had with the previous place where we had our office. Where I rented. Do you know that that contract on paper still exists? But do you know that it's null and void? Yes. But it still exists. And I can be so foolish to take that contract and make it Reality and pay over money into someone's account that cannot benefit me because it's still in the archive here is an archive there still exists a belief system that says I am what I do it still exists and we have confused, the church got confused thinking because it's still written down because it exists it's seen as still valid It's not valid It passed away between us and God Forevermore So know this It's called the ministration of death That was written and engraved on stones What was written on stones? The Ten Commandments Was written on stones If you go and read I think it's Deuteronomy It says there And all the laws Was written on the stones of the altar Doesn't just talk about the Ten Commandments But especially We know the Ten Commandments when we are under the law, what shall happen to us? We see we will have no perfection. Okay, that was the one. It will minister death to us. We will struggle. What is the law? 1 Corinthians 15 and 54. What's the effect on our life? So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is your sting O grave where is your victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law so if you want strong sin in your life embrace the law that's it that's what the Bible teaches embrace the law the law is not just the Ten Commandments the law is not just even the Old Testament what I preach and how I conduct the service you can interpret it into a law system if I don't come to church Bertie is going to be upset Okay. so now what's going to happen is I'm going to create a good relationship between me and Bertie by coming to service every Sunday you know what you're busy with you're busy with the law you know what's going to happen with our relationship it's going to die it will die because you immediately look at something what i need to do so that i can have and that kills people okay so no doubt about that the law is the power of sin You'll be a slave and you will never be free. Uh, Romans 6.14 For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law. So, where does sin have dominion over you? When you are under the law dominion means it is higher than you in authority that dominion the, the true Greek there talks about slavery doesn't talk about dominion like uh, you know uh, uh, we've got a, a police officer here and he's got dominion over a certain area but you actually never see the guy we, the context here is slavery my friend in the morning the bell rings you'd never get paid you just get food That's all And you work and work and work until you die And you'll forever be a slave That's what it says here Sin, you shall not be a slave of sin anymore Because you are not under the law anymore You are not under the literal interpretation of the Old Testament Scriptures Where your obedience is required Do you know the Old Testament I say it just in in a different way Was never written Requiring your obedience to its laws It was written Requiring the obedience of Christ That's why it was written Let's go to um, Let's read another verse there You can say but Bertie that can't be Let's go to Psalm 40. And then we're going to look now. And and I'm going to look at four or five verses. That's how I'm going to end off with a point where I prove to you from Scripture that the law points to Jesus. It's not written to you. The reason why the law was given in written format to Jews was so that mankind can see, and why the law was written in our hearts was that mankind can see that he needs a Savior he is dying you know you think you are the big shot you think you can make it you think you are so good until the law is put there where we measure your goodness and then you find you're not that good and then you say I see that in my flesh dwells nothing good that's what Paul said in my flesh dwells nothing good that's a revelation that every human must have unfortunately I still see that many doubt that because we think since we've become Christians a lot of good dwells in our flesh no no good thing dwells in your flesh even if you're a Christian Romans 8 verse 10 says when we are in Christ the flesh is Uh, 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 is death because of sin. And the Spirit is life. So even if you are in Christ, don't think now that you are in Christ, that He's paid for you, died for you, you're represented in Him in the Godhead, that you are going to have life trying to obey the law. No! You don't believe me. Romans 8. Let's read it. No, Bertie, but what about our sinful nature and all those kind of things? I want to tell you something, and uh, some grace guys will differ with me here. But I want—I'm saying this to protect you, so that you can know how this thing function, because I love you. Inside Christians, we possess the ability to sin. I'm not talking sin towards God; that sin is paid for. But inside, uh, 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 let me use the correct terminology inside a Christian after he received Christ as his saviour after he has the Holy Spirit saved still has the ability to produce the fruit of the flesh you can call that sins a fruit of the sin which is unbelief Okay, you have that ability the only way in which it can manifest in your life is if you go and tamper with that which that flesh needs in order to manifest its death which is I am what I do my goodness the one guy said his people gets upset with him these days when he preaches on the tithe and he says no he's legalistic thank God the people are waking up <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are waking up. You cannot preach a traditional tithe teaching anymore. You couldn't have preached it ever towards people. The tithe that you had to bring your tithe, eat your tithe before God in the Old Testament, that law literally interprets that way we try and do it is there to point to you that you cannot bring it every Sunday that you cannot bring it once a month that you will never be good enough that was written to Christ that Christ can read and say if he brings his body to the household of God then there will be meat in the house of God and we are the house of God that we can eat the meat that comes from heaven that's why it was written it was not written for us it was never intended even for the Old Testament people to get it right in bringing your Brannavain and your beer and you know all that stuff that we read in Deuteronomy 14 (laughs) it was never intended to bring success never and we possess the ability to see the fruit of the flesh in us, for in our flesh dwells nothing good, not in Bertie's flesh, not in your flesh. So if you take Bertie Brits, the holy pastor, you know, that, uh, that people see as a, a, gr- a grace preacher, you know, that they want him in his church, if you take this holy Bertie, and you put him under the law, <laughs> he is capable of doing anything bad. I possess and you possess the full ability to manifest the fullness of death possessed by the law. And we cannot fool around with it even after we've come to the faith. I've read there, those verses that I quoted there are all in the New Testament. New Testament verse. No, we've been empowered so that we can obey the law. It's a lie. People gonna die. I mean I can use it and I can grow a church yeah. and it will work. It will work. At the expense of the bride of Christ. <laughs> no way. No way. Immorsimo <laughs> da trouble you're the bride of Christ, I am why, why, why lie I mean do we want to do the work of the serpent as preachers lie deceive Eve not to believe and die no way we don't want to do that Romans ten verse eight says it uh, uh, Romans 8 verse 10 sorry let me read it Romans ten, eight, verse 10 and if Christ be in you and if Christ be in you the body is dead because of sin and the spirit is life because of righteousness even if Christ is in you this body still possesses the ability to sin it will lose its ability the day you become immortal in the return of Christ Amen. But before that, you don't fool around with the law. Eve said that God told her, Mm -hmm. You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But we've come to the place where we say Eve misquoted Adam and misquoted God because God in the beginning said, you know, you shall not eat thereof. But I do believe that God was that Eve wasn't wrong but right because if we go and read Deuteronomy 19, we say we see that God said when He was on the mountain where the law was given, He said, Let nobody come close to the mountain that lest they touch the mountain and die. Nobody should come up onto the mountain, and nobody should even touch the mountain, even if it's an animal, it shall be stoned. Stone, why stones? Stone, because it talks about the law, the administration of death written on stones killing you. When you touch it, you die. There was the Ark of the Covenant with the Ten Commandments inside it, okay, and then was on the back of this ox cart. No. No. Then this one guy thought, I can touch and live. Yeah. <laughs> Got a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, do it you don't touch the law and live you don't touch the law and live the moment you become legalistic the moment it happens that's why the Bible says when someone sins send mature people that can go and correct him humbly humble means to be in agreement with God okay lest he falls into the very same thing that he's correcting the brother with let me give you an example here's a guy um, say he struggles now with uh, uh, he's full of pride now you come there you start to rebuke him for for the wrong things he's done but you are just looking at his works Okay, that means you're not humble humble means to be in agreement with God you don't come and present him with innocence you come and present him with how wrong he is now you go away and you start to think guilty all the time, oh that was a real stupid guy now how could he have done such a thing? and you start to think of the wrong he's done all the time and guess what? you start to say well I am not doing that therefore I'm good and he is doing it therefore he's bad you're in, you've touched the law (laughs) before long you are critical about everybody you don't like yourself anymore because you start to see your own inabilities again and you start to do the things you do in secret because you feel depressed because you've touched the wrong thing people none of us you know now we're there at at my house we no spite for floyer ne? Ons het daar met ons Nou wil die Now I think of that poison. I don't want to touch it. I work in such a way that I don't touch it. Then they say to me, this is not gonna kill you. You know, it, it will not easily kill a human, that kind of a poison. But I still feel I don't want to touch it. Here we get the almighty God that says I'm not talking about the gifsmos, you know. I'm talking about God. <laughs> God says in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die in the in Hebrew there's not the word surely die it's just two words die, die <laughs> you're gonna die dead <laughs> says the Almighty which cannot lie and we want to have room for it it is impossible. We cannot do it. It is it, it it is it's foolishness. So know this: the law will kill you if it's interpreted in an unspiritual way. Right. Let's look at uh, just another three verses quickly. One thing I haven't even mentioned here: under the law, you'll be cursed. The Bible says, "Cursed is everyone that's under the law." it's they prearranged. arranged <laughs> she's getting a flight back to Johannesburg <clears throat> right, okay it, this is what it says here it says if you're under the law you will be cursed cursed is everyone that's under the law but he became a curse for us that we shall, shall not live under the curse what is the curse of the law? the curse of the law is that you will be a slave of sin can you see why Jesus came and why the law had to be fulfilled because the problem here was man's inability to obey commands the problem here was man's inability to have God's quality of life by his own ability Luke 16 <coughs> now oh, sorry uh, Psalm 40 let's go to Psalm 40 quickly and then I'll just touch on Luke 16 and we end off there then I'll explain to you after reading Luke 16 and Psalm 40 why the Bible says by faith we establish the law I waited patiently for the Lord this is verse 1 and he inclined unto me and heard my cry he brought me also out of an horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings and he put a new song in my mouth even praise unto our God many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord blessed is the man that makes the Lord his trust and respect not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies this is Jesus' prayer Psalm 40 is Jesus' prayer written down word for word and how he prayed and explaining his life while he lived on the earth this is his prayer. Isn't it, isn't it amazing to have a prayer, Jesus prayed, written word for word? He says, Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts which are to us word. I like the word us word there. He became a human. And then he says, I discovered your thoughts. And when I discovered your thoughts, it's beautiful thoughts towards us. That us separating him a bit from God in the sense of I'm fully identifying with being human. I hope you hear what I'm saying there. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto you. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. So I say, Oh God, your thoughts about me is so, so good. Not just about me, but about all of us. It's such good thoughts. I was in a pit. And I see that pit as a place of not really understanding everything. And I needed help and I patiently waited. And you helped me. And then I I could praise you. And now I praise you for I discovered your thoughts about us. It is so beautiful that if I have to declare all these thoughts, it cannot be numbered. Sacrifice. Here's the thoughts now sacrifice and offering you did not desire my ears have you opened burnt offering and sin offering have you not required then I said lo I come in the volume of the book it's written about me come on. this is Jesus come on. you know the word volume of the book there, volume there is obskrif. Um, volume we, th- we think just just the volume, the fullness of the book which I believe it includes in this term the obscurif you know when you read your what is obscurif? the heading the heading the heading is written about me in other words, you take the book outside here is the heading a bible there, when Jesus took the Old Testament it says, Jesus it's addressed to me I thought Jesus had this thing, God is my father. People just drop dead if they do things wrong. Animals get slaughtered. What is it with God? Then he was in the spit saying, I don't know. I want to understand. Then the Holy Spirit comes and reveals to him the truth. And he says, how wonderful are your thoughts towards us such beautiful thoughts that I cannot even name all of them they cannot all even be numbered and this is it you never desired sacrifice from anybody or anything no animal had to sacrifice his life and no person had to sacrifice an animal it was never the intent that was not the deepest understanding of the law it is addressed to me isn't it beautiful it's addressed to Jesus I delight and it says here then I said lo in the, I come in the volume of the book it's written of me De- I delight to do your will oh my God all of a sudden he says the law is addressed to me the law is addressed to me it's addressed to Jesus meaning the only one that can ever do it is Jesus for it was written to him spiritually interpreted Amen. the Jews thought it was given to, him, to them and it was given to them for the purpose of literal interpretation pointing to them that they will die because they, can, and they need a saviour it was written to Jesus so that he could see how to save man hallelujah says it's written about me in the volume of the book Then he says, I delight to do your will, O my God. Yes, your law is now written in my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Let's go to verse 10. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart, which is his law that's in my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. So what does he say here? He says, listen I never understood this thing but now I, I grasp it. And you might sit here and say but how could Jesus not have understood? You know when Jesus was at the age of one year old he didn't understand you know everything. If he was six months old and you asked him what is five hundred seventy-five thousand times 2,275,000 he will not know. He will say I soek my milk verstaan, ek, ek, ek nie die I don't understand He was a human and his brain uh, uh, developed his ability to understand developed and when he came to a certain age there was a, a, a hungering in his heart to know and understand And it was revealed to him. He says, oh my goodness, now your law is written in how I believe. I've got a belief now about this law. It's written about me. And I declare this law unto people. I declare to them how faithful you are. So, when you read the Old Testament, you need to read how faithful God is, how full of loving kindness He is, how righteous He is, and what He's given you for free if you don't read that you're busy touching the ministration of death and you'll die so here it says so what was the purpose of the law towards Jesus the purpose of the law towards Jesus was to end the contract that man had with I am what I do what that law prescribed the law or the principle there's a law of gravity Um, you know um, the law of gravity says that if I leave this it will drop to the ground what Abraham said Abraham said they've got the law so they've got the law and Moses and the law let them read that he says no but if someone rises from the dead then they will believe he says no if they cannot believe listen to this Moses and the law they will not even believe someone that's raised from the dead and that is the truth I want to tell you what does that mean someone that's raised from the dead that preaches who is that? that's Jesus if you you will not believe him if you cannot see him in these verses if you're already a person if you're not already a person that says I I am saying that this law can never help me there must be something better in here that can save me you will not be able to believe in Jesus for this law speaks of Jesus not of what you must do for God you need to read the law in a way look at the Pharisees they refused to read the law in a spiritual way only in face value when Jesus came to them even after the resurrection they still did not believe in Him when I read the law I need to read it from a perspective of saying I'm seeing Jesus. It's not written for me. It was written for Jesus to see how He is going to obey, to bring forth perfection to me. And this law is established. In other words, what its purpose was as pertaining to, written to Christ and salvation is established in my life when I believe in Jesus. So never again let somebody say to you, just believing in Jesus is not the fulfillment of the law. You need to love to fulfill the law the Bible says when we love we do fulfill the law but what law? the law of life if you interpret the old law spiritually we can say it's even the fulfillment of the old law because the old law's end was to end the man that lives by works to bring forth a man that lives by faith righteousness you know live by belief so when we enter into that we see that fruit we see what the law stood for in all its prophetic words established in our lives amen and amen so never again never in your life like that video showed take the picture that says guilty condemned addict gossip lust and you look at that picture it will produce sadness in your life Look at that picture. You say, I, I, I'm homosexual. I'm depressed. I'm, what?" You look at that picture and that is you. No. Like that little girl came and take, take, took a picture. Look at the picture God took of you. That picture is Jesus. He says, when you look into the perfect law of liberty, you see yourself. He says, when you look into this new law this glory of God you look in the mirror let's pray Father I want to thank you for your great love thank you for your mercy and your grace thank you that you care for us thank you Father that you have set us free from the law system I know this was a long message Father but my heart is so full of what you've done and I thank you Lord that every person here can hear that life is theirs as a free gift and not by what they need to do thank you Father that we don't live from our works but our works is born from who we are and you declare us we are your offspring we are your kind thank you for that Father Amen and Amen Hallelujah I, wanna, um, I just want to share this I feel in my heart um, you know we've got a I mentioned here a couple of times that there's a a person that cares for orphans in, um, on the border of Mozambique and Ahmed um, of Mozambique of, of Lesotho and we've got frequent contact with him and what he does is he takes all my messages he translates them into Sotho gives them out to the people preaches it he's full on into the grace message and his passion is for, for, for these kids and uh, I just feel in my heart that we as a congregation can support him you know financially on a monthly basis, and that will be good you know that we give towards a place like that i 've been looking for a place where, that we can support where the right gospel is also preached and um, I went there months ago. And normally, you know, when you go and you look at a person, they will easily say, yes, 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 you know. But if they, still, if they continue with it, and they stay in it, then you, you know that this is true and genuine. Because people can only fake something for such, for a short period of time. And this guy's just getting deeper and deeper into the truth. So, know um, uh, this, that um, of your giving, we, um, I was thinking we want to give him a thousand rand a month. Um, uh, that we will support support that ministry and uh, we will have some pictures and stuff I'll have him he, he takes pictures of all his stuff mm-hmm. and I will show you guys and uh, I was also thinking of bringing him down here and uh, let him share with us what he does and and a message because he, he's, he's a radical preacher you know so uh, just down to earth guy very down to earth guy and uh, nothing fancy he walks where he wants to be um, he loves those black kids you know, his, his, his heart is in it. So uh, thank you for your generous giving towards the church. Yeah, we've we've been supporting him from Dynamic Love Ministries. But I was just thinking, from the church, we can also support him. And we're the only people that support him. You know. Yeah, seven hundred and fifty kids a week that he that he feeds. You know, and and it's just like from scraps that comes from everywhere. You know, and then he. Yeah, so thank you so much for your generous giving. Know that uh, some of your money is going to go that way. God bless you guys.